You're listening to The Big Show with Russick and Rose on the official home of your Calgary Flames, Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Hour number two, Big Show, Russick and Rose, live from the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio, bottom of the hour. Your chance to win day number 10 of our 12 days of Christmas, courtesy of our friends at Wild Rose Brewery. We want to hear something that really irks you or aggravates you during the holidays. We want to hear your your Christmas confession. Confessions. Uh, and air your dirty laundry here on the radio station, on the phone line, on the text line, 960-960, name and location at the top of the next hour. The play-by-play voice of the Flames, Derek Wills, will join us. But on the line right now on the Atlas Pizza Sports Bar guest hotline, Chris Kerber, St. Louis Blues radio play-by-play voice, joins us. Chris, good morning. How are you? George, Matt, I'm doing good. How are you guys today? We're good. Do you have a holiday uh, Christmas thing that really, you know, irks you, gets rubs you the wrong way, sticks in your craws? There's something in the holidays that every year you're like, oh, I hate this so much. It's the fact that my wife plays that Mariah Carey song all the time. <laughs> like, like all the time? Know. She she loves well you know Christy loves her 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 Christmas music and I love this part like as soon as she can get into Christmas music and I and I'm cool with that mm-hmm. but uh, I, I just I don't know why that Mariah Carey song is as popular of a Christmas song as it is so mm-hmm. it, to me it's the fact that when that one comes on and I've got three daughters by the way fellows so that one gets turned up loud and I'm like oh no we got to get you something different no no my my saving grace is this my youngest daughter Ava. She likes ACDC, so she oh. will eventually follow it up with some rock. And I'm okay with that part. But uh, but the fact that I have to listen mm. to that song so much is probably the top of my list. Okay, I like it. Uh, that is the crown jewel in a lot of people's opinion, the the, the greatest Christmas song of all time. And it makes Mariah Carey Not a mil- million. <laughs> what, what is the, the best Christmas song of all time, in your opinion, Chris Kerber? Neil Diamond, Santa Claus is Coming to okay, Town. Okay, I like it. You like the classics? Old Neil Diamond. Oh no! Actually, I've always wondered why we'd like why artists don't come up with more fresh Christmas music. To be honest with you, that's pretty good. Like, like there's there's not enough creativity to come up with some new Christmas music. I think some artists lately have, but we need more. We need more fresh stuff. Like Christmas has been around a long time. We we can make up new stuff. Okay, I like it, Chris. But Chris, it's so easy to just slap a synth on an old track and lay down some new vocals and call her a day. Just well, I, I will tell you this: I, I still enjoy, and I'd love to introduce it to my kids. But I, I do like Bob and Doug McKenzie's, you know, Twelve oh, Days yeah. of Christmas. Nice. Now that one Classic. doesn't. You follow that one up with Adam Sandler's Hanukkah <laughs> song, and if, and if you can't laugh at that, then that's right. You go right back to bed. <laughs> Even the the the, uh, the the original Hanukkah song too. I know he did it again. The original thing. <laughs> that's right. When the best line is O.J. Simpson, still not a Jew, is oh. absolutely terrific <laughs> in that song. Um. Chris, uh, my my co-host here uh, turned the game off last night thinking the Oilers won, and then all of a sudden I had to correct him and say, no, no, the Blues ended up winning last night. What the hell happened with that McDavid winning goal, not winning goal last night in Edmonton? Just so you know, you're not the only one. I'm on the (laughs) airport last night. Okay, and my my oldest daughter, a senior in high school, calls me up and says, hey, you got to settle something for me and mine. And it's like, so it's it's 11.30 St. Louis time. And I, I answered the phone on the bus thinking, what the hell's wrong? Like, what are you like? What are you doing up and stuff? And she goes, you got to settle something. Mom just got home and and uh, she said the Blues won. I watched it. We lost. I go, no, 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 they won. <laughs> so you aren't you aren't alone in that one. 
you know what? It was. It's actually a couple games in a row. Well, the Colorado, uh, yeah, Colorado overtime game. The Blues, you know, decided to review for goalie interference. Didn't win that one. But last night, Drysaddle scores what looks like the game-winning goal, and then everybody goes off. And we look at the bench, and the coaches stop everybody. They come back out, and they're like, "Wait a minute, was this?" This wasn't goalie interference. I mean, Drysaddle picked that puck off the pad pretty clean. Mm-hmm. And then, but then Jordan. But here's here's what you. I don't know if, the, if this was shown on TV and being a radio guy, we didn't watch the replay that quickly. They, Jordan Bennington, quite confidently went back to the net mm. really early, and we're like, and, and Joe Vitale, my my partner, goes, "Hey, Bennington's gone back to the net. There, there's clearly something that he knows is good." And then, and then when Joe said, "Maybe this thing's offside," and they looked at it. I'm going to tell you something. Do I think Connor McDavid had control of the puck? Yes, in a Connor McDavid way. However, mm. the one thing is this. If you go back and watch that replay, Ryan O'Reilly gets his stick on Connor McDavid's stick. Mm. And that causes a little bit of a hesitation when, when, when McDavid was going back for that puck. Right? Yeah. And to me, that's what changed that whole play around. If Ryan O'Reilly doesn't get McDavid's road, or if Ryan O'Reilly doesn't get his stick on McDavid's stick, then that, that clearly isn't going to be called offside. I really do think that that was a difference in that because if you look at McDavid, he enters the zone, you know, and they skate for just a moment before he touches that puck again. And I think Ron O'Reilly was a huge difference maker on that play. At least now, look, I, I'm with everybody when they say it's Connor McDavid. He probably had control of the puck, mm-hmm. but if, if you're the national hockey league and then you say he had control of that puck, what are you saying to Ryan O'Reilly who made a pretty good play at the blue line? Uh-huh. And, and to me, that could be a tough precedent to set. Chris, how frustrating is it that only in the NHL something as black and white as offside has so much gray area? Well, you know, it's a great comment, and I actually love uh, Connor McDavid's comments at the end of the game, too. I've said this for a long time. I've had some conversations with Doug Armstrong about this, too. From the moment the National Hockey League put replay in, and they needed to put it in, but they haven't done one of the most important things that you have to do, and that is that so many NHL rules have been rules where sometimes it's about the interpretation of the play than it is the black and white look of the play. But when you go to replay, all of a sudden you're not going to interpretation. You're going to frame by frame look at it. That's why the inconsistencies of goalie interference. I mean, to this day, you can talk to goalies that say they don't really understand what the rule is. Coaches don't. And, and yeah, the National Hockey League's done a good job of narrowing the ditches on that call. But the reality of it is, is offside, goalie interference, those two rules especially need to be rewritten for replay. You need to just be more specific for replay. It either has to be, the puck has to be on your stick, but like there's so much gray area there. And and McDavid's absolutely right to be frustrated. You look at the play with McCarr in the playoffs last year that was considered. Now the puck was much closer to his stick, right, than this one was. Uh, he wasn't as contested at the blue line as as McDavid was in this one. So, again, those are some of those gray areas. I really do think the National Hockey League has to rewrite some rules for the specificity and, and singular frame aspect of uh, of replay. And, and until they do, this isn't going to change. Yeah, there's going to be more gray area on a lot of these types of calls, goalie interference and offside. And you mentioned the goalie interference, so I do want to bring up Jordan Bennington. It's been a year where even if you're you're watching whichever team you, you cover, you take in, you probably know Jordan Bennington's story this year. He's had a, a bounce back kind of season. The numbers are good, but 
Sometimes when the numbers aren't good, Jordan will get in the face of the opposition, and then that'll be on headlines as well. What's it like kind of calling the, the season that it's been for Jordan Bennington? Listen, I, I'm from the outside, people may jump on him about that. I love it. This He's the best goaltender the Blues have had since I've been with the Blues, and I've been with the Blues since 2000. Uh, he wears his emotions on his sleeve. He he is a fiery leader. Now, yes, when the when Craig Berube made his most recent comments, the Blues were in, in a, another slump. They were struggling. They were in Pittsburgh. It just it just didn't feel right. But that's that's also Jordan's personality. I mean, we've seen him in the playoffs. He took a swipe at Ben Bishop. That little issue with Kadri, you know, in, in the playoffs last year. Those two had, had some battles, you know, and and some sticking at each other prior to that in previous games. Uh, it's it's who he is. It's it's who he had to be to become a National Hockey League goaltender. Mm-hmm. And I honestly, yes, you want to see it curtailed a little bit. You don't need some of the extra antics. But I didn't hear anybody just crying bloody murder when, when Marc-Andre Fleury just stuck a guy in the face a couple of days ago, right? And that, that was clearly an intentional butt end to the guy's face. Mm-hmm. You know, so, it, it, yeah, Jordan's antics kind of put him out in the front a little bit. But he also knows that he has to accept it. And if you read the article that we're – Jeremy Rutherford at the Athletic asked him about it. Mm-hmm. I mean, the the quotes were fantastic, and and Jordan look his numbers. If you look at his goals against average, if you look at his save percentage, you're going to go, oh, he's having a tough year. Guys, I'm telling you, he's had maybe a stretch of three games that didn't go well. The rest of the games, and he's sitting at a record of 11, 11 and one. He has been really doggone good, and I know the numbers don't show that, but you just got to trust me on this one. I'm telling you, like there were so many. The structure in front of him has been so bad at times this year, and and the backdoor tappins that were given. One one game he gave up four goals, and they were all backdoor tappins that you can't blame the goalie on any one of them, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, so he's been really good. He's put another good stretch of uh, three games together here for this team. Now tonight, I fully expect because it was a heavy load last night. Plus, I just think with the way things are, keeping things calm is a good idea. I don't think we're going to see Bennington tonight. But um, uh, but eventually we will see him against the Flames, I would think, in one of those two home games. I'm, I'm just interested in kind of the way that his play responds when things kind of go that way, like the, 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 the fiery play that we see from him, the, the extracurricular kind of stuff. Because, you know, I always remember Jerome McGinley, and there would be times when occasionally he'd be having maybe a little bit of a quiet game and someone would take a run at him and it would kind of wake him up and then he was unstoppable for the rest of the contest. Is it kind of like that? Does he manage to stay even keeled? Does it maybe go the opposite direction when he gets a little bit fired up? Listen, he's an athletic goaltender that that, that scrambles and, and that save he made from his rear end, for example, on dry side last night is a great example of it. He can make saves at times that you're like, okay, you weren't supposed to be able to make that save. If you think of the game of hockey, maybe a guy's having a slow night and the coach is like, okay, you got to find a way to get engaged. Maybe it's going in and you hit a guy, right? Maybe if, if you're a skater, you go in, you hit a guy, stick a guy a little bit. Get, you know, somebody paws you in the face because you were a little nasty. We say that about players all the time. We never say that about the goalie. How can the goalie do that? Well, you know, every now and then, this is a goalie that does it. And I think, listen, since he took over the net, in January of 2019, there have been times where his play, his little, his fiery belly, the, you know, the skating past Ben Bishop in Dallas and swinging a stick and getting him on the leg, little things like that have sent a spark to this hockey team. And honestly, 
I haven't seen a goaltender do this in the National Hockey League before where he himself threw some of those things. And yet it got a little over the top in Pittsburgh. He was frustrated. But that's, again, that's again the player. He's corralled it. He's come back. He's won some games. He's played really well. He doesn't do it as much as some people might think. It's just when he does it, people see it. And, uh, and I think more times than not, it's actually fired the team up. Chris Kerbers, the radio play-by-play voice of the St. Louis Blues, joining us here on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline, Big Show, Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960, The Fan. There's no question, uh, Chris, Tage Thompson's having an incredible season for the Buffalo Sabres, and obviously he was one of the pieces in the Ryan O'Reilly trade. There aren't any Blues fans who are lamenting that trade, right? Because I thought that was so ridiculous on Twitter when I saw it a few times that, uh, oh, I can't believe the Blues traded that guy. They won a Stanley Cup because Ryan O'Reilly came to the St. Louis Blues. There, there isn't anybody in the fan base who's saying, man, that we shouldn't have traded Tage Thompson. Is there? Because that's absolutely ludicrous because Ryan O'Reilly was the biggest piece of the Stanley Cup puzzle. There are some foolish ones I, you know, <laughs> that did. And I started laughing at him on Twitter. I'm like, you cannot be serious. <laughs> because until last year, you're still, you know, you're still wondering, you know, if Tage Thompson is going to develop into a player. And by the way, and I love the fact that he has. He's a, he's a terrific, terrific young man. His dad, when I was doing games in Springfield in the American Hockey League, actually, his dad, uh, Brent, was one of our defensemen, and uh, they were pregnant with Tage that year. Uh, it, it, it's really been kind of a fun thing for me to see, you know, from a personal level too. But. Um, He's such a good guy. He Gage is such a nice guy. And and you want to see that success. But what you know what you also want to see, guys, is it's okay to have a hockey trade where both teams win. And in this case, right. you know, the Blues the Blues got a Conn Smythe winner, a Selkie winner, and a Stanley Cup champion because of Ryan O'Reilly. And that trade will never play. And I've, I've, I've used this analogy a ton. The Calgary Flames traded Brett Hall to win a Stanley Cup. The Dallas Stars traded Jerome Ginla to win a Stanley cup when they got new and you eventually are going to have to trade something. You're not going to get these lopsided trades like the blues have had with Braden Shen or as lopsided as that Ryan O'Reilly trade looked all the time. I mean, it's, you're supposed to give up something to get something. And, uh, and I think it's, it's working out now for Buffalo and, I'll tell you what, six foot seven, and the way he tucked that goal in last night for Tage Thompson, my goodness. I mean, just mm-hmm. it's it, what a fun player to watch too. So yeah, Great deal for the St. Louis Blues. Goes down, it's got to be one of the top three deals maybe in the history of the franchise when you consider that it helped and really put the Blues over the top to win a Stanley Cup. And uh, just, uh, yeah, some fans go a little bit nuts. Those are the ones, guys, you just ignore a little bit. You know, you're like, okay. Um, they, They put a different type of liquid on their Wheaties. (laughs) <laughs> I like that. Uh, Chris, I wanted to ask you, I don't know if you feel the same, but this year it feels like we're already looking at the standings a lot earlier. We're already looking at the trade deadline a lot earlier. The Blues are in a pretty good spot. They've won back-to-back games. They got 29 points in 30 games. They're certainly within striking distance of the postseason. Do you see a situation where this team could trade one or maybe even both or neither of Vladimir Tarasenko or Ryan O'Reilly on expiring deals? Yeah, I, I really do. Um, I, I don't want to see it, but but I really do. And that's because Doug Armstrong, I think, has always had a very realistic approach to this team. Now, the crazy thing about this is over the last few years, 
even going back to the year before the Blues won the Cup when they traded Paul Stassi, they were, I think, just one point out of a playoff spot. And they traded Paul Stassi, who that year essentially was their top centerman. And, and Doug Armstrong said, I just didn't like the feel of this team. And they ended up missing the playoffs that year on the last day of the regular season against Colorado. Uh, and then, you know, and then, of course, the next year they started and they, they're dead last in the league on January 1st before the turnaround. The, this core has challenged Craig, uh, Doug Armstrong a little bit, but I think he knows he's also got to have the patience with it. Having said that, and this is not Doug saying this, I, I'm saying this part here. If you go back and you look at the most recent years, David Backus left as a free agent. Troy Brower left as a free agent after a year where, uh, you know, the St. Louis Blues went to the conference finals in 2016. Uh, Jaden Schwartz left as a free agent. Alex Petrangelo left as a free agent. We've had some really, really good players leave via free agency, and you really don't get anything. I say you don't get anything to show for it. they got to stay on the cup to show for that, the core of those guys, right. right? This is an interesting year. If Doug Armstrong doesn't think that this team is really going to be competitive, and I know making the second round of the playoffs last year was huge for this team, uh, if they had lost in the first round, you might have seen some changes earlier. I, I just think that if he doesn't have that vibe that this team really is building something over the next few weeks, yeah, I could see deals being made, you know, along those lines. And, you know, you look at a player like Vladimir Tarasenko. I mean, man, he had a hell of a game last night. Had a great year last year rebounding after only playing 32 games the previous two years because of shoulder surgeries. He, he made the trade request. It, it never rescinded. It just died down. Doug Armstrong, uh, Tarasenko's camp did a great job of getting that thing back in the background where it needs to be. But I don't know that anybody's convinced that, that Vladimir wants to stay. And if he is, does great. I mean, he can impact the game so doggone much. And, and I think he could impact the game more than he does. But there's got to be teams out there that are looking at him with the way he can play going, oh, my goodness, could he really help us? If the Blues are struggling and somebody looks at Ryan O'Reilly, they'll be like, yeah, a Con Smythe winner, a conscientious player, a leader. I mean, I talked to him after the game last night, the fire in his belly after he broke that stick thinking that the dry side would want it. Those are players that can clearly help the St. Louis Blues turn a season around. And if they don't, they could clearly help somebody else. Uh, and, you know, do I want to see it? No, I don't want to see it. But is it possible? Yeah. Uh, Chris, before I let you go, I want to get your read on the Calgary Flames because obviously a lot of turnover with this franchise, saying goodbye to Kachuk and Goudreau and then bringing in Kadri, Huberto, and Uyghur. What's your read on the Calgary Flames so far this season? You know what? Somewhat similar to the Blues in the sense that when you have enough of the change that we've had, I mean, Oscar Sundquist and David Perron last year are big pieces of this hockey team, and they're now gone. Uh, you, you did. I realize you're getting, you know, Huberto, who had 115 points, but you're also trading. But, but you know, Matthew Kachuk was a different type of player, you know, than, than Huberto is. Uh, Nazem Kadri isn't Matthew Kachuk, uh, you know, and, and Uyghur's a, a, a terrific defenseman. you got really good players coming to you, but I still think it takes some time for guys to understand it. And every year, you really kind of have to rebuild your season every single year. And these guys are now playing for Daryl Sutter for the first time. He's a straightforward, you know, very direct and, and, and honest coach, you know, and, and it probably takes, I got to think it takes a lot of getting used to for some guys. And I'm not saying that's the case. I haven't been in the Calgary room to ask those guys that question, but, uh, but I think there's an adjustment that comes in when, when you've played as long as you have, like those guys did for Florida. And now you're playing for Daryl here in Calgary. So I think they're a good hockey team. I think they've got really good goaltending, and and that's the key that you're always going to need. 
Um, and I think you're just seeing an adjustment period. And by the way, the Blues have shown it. Other teams have shown it. Stay in the race. Stay in the thick of it in the, the first half of the season, and you give yourself a chance. You don't have to be that Stanley Cup contender in the first 30 games of the year. You know you've got a coach that can that can win. You know you've got good players, and you just hope that they gel as a team. I, I think there, I think it's just kind of a new player, new role syndrome that uh, a lot of teams are kind of dealing with with as many player changes as you have nowadays in the offseason. I, I find it so fascinating with the Kachucks and their ties to St. Louis. I know they're both signed on long-term deals, so the chances are slim to none. But do you still get a lot of fans who are saying, what if we could get Matthew or Brady somehow? You don't get that now. You oh. had that, obviously, before the trade. Uh, just because you know you didn't know if either one was going to re-sign with their teams, and uh, Keith Kachuk has been such a massive personality and, and such a great guy since the Blues acquired him there, and and then so to see the boys grow up and they were around the team, they're around the locker room and and stuff. That I think it, because he was such a great personality and so much fun for the media to go to, and you yeah. see him at different events, they, they really became one of the great hockey families in town and and that's why there's so much fandom for plus i mean the style of play of those two kids is is old school hockey and that's that's st louis blues hockey that's blue collar hockey they love that part but yeah since since both of them have signed their their good long-term deals uh a lot of that talk has really just died down Uh, fan base using logic yeah Uh, chris i'm gonna apologize for the question i'm gonna apologize to the question i'm about to ask but now we're, we're down this rabbit hole uh, you've been with Uh-oh. the team for a long time. Um, can you just talk about the legendary weight gain Keith Kachuk had after the lockout when he came to camp? <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I'll tell a story for you guys. Okay. That, uh, Walt, Walt won't mind at this point. You know, he, look, <laughs> and everybody wants to, people will every now and then ask about that. You know what it took for him to get back in shape? It's actually quite impressive. I mean, he probably should have just marketed that, you know, pre-Twitter and Internet started to sell that plan. But, yeah, he, yeah. you know, you had the lockout. He got out of shape, and, and uh, Larry Plo was like, what in the world is this? It, it caused a little bit of a problem. <laughs> we had a breakfast. I, I'm going to share two quick stories if okay. I can. I'd love it. Keith Kachuk, right? Sure. The first one, so we had, there, there was a breakfast. It was called the Blues Breakfast at the MAC, the Missouri Athletic Club. And, uh, you know, and it's one of those ones, you kind of, it, it's got some comedy and you're, I'm hosting the, I'm emceeing the thing. And, and I had a crack at the beginning of the line said, okay, listen, I had to tell everybody there's 400 people in the room. And I said, okay. Every, and, and all the blues players there, I said, okay, the, the buffet's open, but you might want to get there before Keith does. And I thought about that line. I went to our PR director and I said, Hey, Mike, this is a really good line to open up this event. And Mike goes, Oh, that's awesome. I go, we might, this is one of those rare times, we might want to make sure that Keith Kachuk's okay with it. So Mike went over to Walt, Mike came back to me, he goes, Walt would prefer you not use that line right now. I said, okay, no problem. Okay. But so now fast forward, uh, uh, you know, or you, you come back uh, the next year, I forget, it's David Perron's rookie year, same dinner, or I'm sorry, same breakfast. And in prepping for the breakfast, I looked at it, and I thought, man, like David Perron's 18 years of age. How old was Keith Kachuk when when uh, How old was Keith Kachuk when you know when David Perron you know made his NHL debut? And I looked it up and like David David Perron was like two or three years old when Keith Kachuk made his NHL debut. Hmm. So 
John Kelly's going around and he's got to do, he does the interviews I'm emceeing from the, from the dais up top. And, uh, and John just gets done doing his interview with Kachuk. And I said, Hey, Walt, before you're done, I got a question for you. He goes, what's that? And again, live in front of everybody. I said, I said, Hey, what does it make you think when I tell you that David Perron was three years old when you made your NHL debut and without even blinking, Walt said was his mom from Winnipeg. (laughs) 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 And that is, that is pizza, Chuck. That is, I mean, just let it fly. It was hilarious. Mm. I'll get up. And that's why the St. Louis people just grown to absolutely love the man. Uh, Chris Kerber, St. Louis Blues radio play-by-play announcer on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline. Chris, great stuff. Enjoy the call tonight. All right, guys. Have a great morning and uh, happy holidays to everybody up here in Calgary. Happy holidays to you. Enjoy that Mariah Carey song, okay? Try to. Not a chance. All right. <laughs> Talk to you later. See you guys. All right. Uh, Brought to you by the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar. Uh, Come in and enjoy hockey and football game day specials at 6060 Memorial Drive Northeast. Pickup and delivery also available at Atlas Pizza, 403-248-3344. Keith Kachuk's a legend. He was 16 when David Perron was born. Anyways. Yeah. (laughs) Um, We got a prize to give away here this hour. Uh, this bottom of the hour. Give us a call, 403-240-4444. We want you to share your Christmas confession. Confession. Thank you. Um, on the text line, too, 960-960, name and location, your, your chance to win day number 10 of our 12 days of Christmas from our good friends at Wild Rose Brewery. Give us something that really sticks in your craw, aggravates you, air your dirty laundry with us during the holidays that really kind of rubs you the wrong way. It's my last show here in Calgary before I'm doing shows from back home next week. I can't stand when people go, see you next year. When it's like When it's like a couple days apart from the new yeah. year. Or it's just really irritating. It's not clever. It's not funny. Mm-hmm. Shit, like if something happens to you at the mall, you have to go to the in-laws. Like your Uncle Steve always aggravated. Whatever it is. In-laws coming up a lot. Yeah. Russick and Rose on the official home of your Calgary Flames, Sportsnet 960 The Fan. It's the big show, Russick and Rose. Sportsnet 960 The Fan coming to you live from the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio. You okay? Meh. Like, generally, no. In this moment in time, yeah. Okay, all right. fine, I guess. I'm, I'm concerned about that cough you have right now. It's fine. It's nothing. Nothing to worry about. No, it's fine. Yeah. yeah, I I had a bit of a cough and then I was out for a week. <laughs> On the shelf. No, I'm fine. Um, we got lots to do still in the program at the top of the hour. Derek Wills, the play-by-play voice of the Calgary Flames, on Sports at nine sixty. Tommy Wielden Jr., Calgary FC head coach and manager, tee up the World Cup final, France Argentina Sunday morning. Let's get after it. Uh, we want to give you a prize. Yeah. It's day number 10 of our 12 days of Christmas at Wild Rose Brewery. Uh, we want to hear your holiday confession. And if you call in, you got a better chance to win. 403-240-4444. 403-240-4444. Mine is, I, it just, I hate when people say, see you next year, when it's right around New Year's. Yeah, I know. It's not funny. It's not clever. Maddie hates uh, the people around uh, the malls, he doesn't like crowds. He doesn't like going through. Are you not an online shopper guy now? Big time. I love shopping online. I usually try and get everything done Black Friday. Oh, okay. 
that that's that's very good. And Alex is a guy who just takes presents from his friends because <laughs> he doesn't reciprocate Secret Santa. I've okay, I've painted myself as the bad guy, but like the the pet peeve was that we're so bad at planning it that it's just everyone's fault it doesn't happen. So we just shouldn't do it in the first place, right? Um, got a text earlier, which I thought was great. Uh, how is it a secret Santa if there's a name and return address postage on the actual gift? No response to that, Sorry, Alex? Sorry, what was that, George? Uh, there, <laughs> there was a text from Andy going, wait, wait, wait. How is it a secret Santa if there is a return address on the shipping label? Well, like... There's not that many addresses in Brandon anyway, so you would just know. But um, in all seriousness... Um, like two dozen addresses? How many... What? It was more like they kind of like just drop it at my door at mm-hmm. my house when I'm not there. Okay. Pretty much. Uh, 403-240-4444 on the text line 960-960. This is a good one from Sean in uh, Chestermere. Uh, the people to put their trees up in November drives me crazy. My wife is one of those people... I used to fight every year to wait till December, but never won. So now it's happy wife, happy life. Ours goes up as soon as Remembrance Day has passed. Really? Yep. That early. Why bother waiting? Bring the joy into the home. May as well. Um, This is a really good one from Sean in Calgary. Uh, My Christmas confession. Confession. Uh, I kind of hate my company Christmas party. I see these people every day. Why do I need to get dressed up and see them some more? That's a fair point. The thing about Christmas parties is there's always like a couple people that you're really excited to see. And then there's a lot of people that you're like, this is kind of feels like more work. And honestly, depending on what your company is providing for said Christmas party. Meh. Yeah. Meh. I prefer our stampede company parties, frankly. Okay. Way better. Yeah. Way better. Uh, Tanner in Calgary, his confession. Uh, guess, guess not spraying my fancy bathroom spray um, after their number two business in his bathroom. Well, I think it's important that you mention that it is balsam and firewood. That's the, yeah. the fancy bathroom spray. It's a good scent. Is it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Baldsome? Oh, fancy. Um, this one's uh, Tyler in the 403. Confessions. I only drink Caesars at Christmas. I know, weird. Change up the recipe, do a Jaeger Caesar, omit the vodka, and add Jaeger. It'll change your life. It's not the first time I've heard that, but I've never tried it. I've never, hmm, that's a slippery slope to be going down. Um, James and Crossfield, the people who take up more than one spot at the mall. Don't, yeah. don't, don't do that. That's kind of goes back to what I was saying earlier on in the show. Like, I hate when a mall will let their parking lot divulge into chaos because they don't take care of it properly and they don't scrape the lot so you can see where the lines are. And then people use the lack of lines as an excuse to just park willy-nilly. It's chaos. Badlands. Unruly. Lack of civility. Makes me angry. Um, Nina, um... From Cougar Ridge, uh, my worst holiday tradition is to use any excuse to get out of having to see my family members that want to drop by before the holidays. I've, pre- I've pretended to be out of town, pretended I had a bathroom erupting stomach bug. 
I've had too much uh, marking to do. I'm uh, assuming teacher. there's a teacher. Mm-hmm. And even broke my leg that couldn't walk down the stairs. I feel badly, but I'm Indian and have countless number of family members. I can't do them all. That's fair. I like that one. Got to kind of put your foot down, come up with a few excuses. That's a good confession as well, because maybe they're listening. Maybe they're not. Uh, Rob in Calgary. This is super interesting. Mm -hmm. Our tree goes up great cup and comes down out at the Super Bowl. Isn't Super Bowl in February? It's mid-February now. That feels a little late. I think if your Christmas tree is still up past Valentine's Day, that feels a little late. Yeah, I... Um, I find like around New Year's, if it's still up, I start to be like, okay, that's probably enough. It's taking up room now. It's been here for too long. Let's let's take it down. That's enough. That's quite enough. Um, please attach your name and location because we want to give away a prize here. I let my wife put up. I let my wife put up the tree on American Thanksgiving. I have beers with the guys in the morning. I get a, I get home a little tipsy. She's happy. I'm happy. Win win. Sure. That's the other thing. Like as much as I love to. Help set up the tree. I usually pick a day that's uh, a Thursday night, and that way uh, I can throw on the Thursday nighter and watch that in the background while I help set up the tree. Uh, this one's good. Carl and Cochran on 96960. Um, I hate the elf on the shelf concept. <laughs> I hate it even more all the Instagram moms posting pictures of it to show me that they're better than you at doing it. Yeah, that's fair. I've never really stood el- understood Elf on a shelf. Definitely almost blew it um, before, prior, when I didn't understand how this little man travels around the house all the time. Mm-hmm. I did see a fun video the other day where um, a parent had drawn all over their kid's face while he was sleeping and then blamed it on the Elf on the shelf. And the kid was <laughs> not very happy with the said Elf. That is the type of stuff I would do if I had a child. I would troll him mercilessly mm. and never tell him the truth until he was like 19. And I'd be like, oh, yeah, by the way. Yeah, I know my nephew uh, was terrified of Elf in the Shelf. Why was he terrified? Because it's, it's terrifying a little bit. How does he move around all the time? Kids aren't stupid. And he's also kind of creepy. Like, if you look at his face, he's a little, he's got a little. Uh, this is great. Whimsical creep to him. I think this is the clubhouse leader, Paul in Calgary. Uh, my ex-wife sends me a gift every year. I've never got her one. 12 years and going strong. <laughs> going strong. Well done. Wait. <laughs> I don't know, Paul, if you're getting one this year. 12 years and going strong. I assume that she doesn't listen to the station. I assume that, hey, listen, there's how many couples are there that listen to Sports at 960 together yeah. that break uh, up? Like, this is. John on 960, 960 uh, on her text line. My holiday confession. An amazing lack of personal hygiene over the holidays. Brushing my teeth with candy cane and a swish of a little Sambuca <laughs> for fresh breath. I'm more of a creme de menthe guy than Sambuca, but hey, whatever your poison is. I also go through an egregious amount of rum, Bailey's, and Kahlua during the month of well, December. you like Jamie and Airdrie. Uh, boys, you know what really sticks in my craw? Confession, confession. Is when you host dinner, you do all the he cooking. Both of them, so. Yeah, do all the cooking, do all the dishes, and then when it's finally Christmas booze time, they say they got to get going home. Oh yeah, if you're hosting, yeah, all of a sudden you've like done you all, all this the work, work, and now, and now you want to now you're ready get to put it. a few away. I gotta go. I'm tired. I can't keep drinking. I gotta drive home. Confessions. Um, Jake, uh, in the northerly southeast, 
Uh, I have hours and hours of home video footage from back in the day <laughs> when my wife would decorate the tree with our young kids. The footage is full of her yelling at them about how they're decorating the tree wrong. That's from Jake. See, that's a fact. I get that all the time when I help put up the tree. Mm-hmm. What are you doing? These can't go side by side. These are the same color. What are you doing? Uh, maybe do some on the back. It's not just one side of the tree. I hear that all the time. I'm surprised how many people put up their Christmas tree uh, on American Thanksgiving. Aaron from Calgary just texted us too. Yeah, I got no problem with that. It's a source of joy. Put it in your house. Um, you you store the darn thing for so long, you may as well get some use out of it. I, I want to say it's Guy, but it could be Guy in Calgary. Um, this one's right like against Denny's, our technical director, Danny uh, Gilbert. Uh, you know, Mike, what confession is? I hate eggnog. Confessions. Again, uh, Garrett, his confession was he wished eggnog was available all year <laughs> round. Eggnog's good. Like okay. mini eggs. Yeah, like all year round. It's a nice sweet treat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Have you actually looked at the ingredients? No, no, don't do that. Don't do that. I'm not, I'm not saying it's good for you by any means. Are you, are you a nog guy, George? He was raised on the dairy. No, I'm not. <laughs> noted milk guy, noted nog guy. Yeah. yeah. Are, you, are, you a, are you a milk during dinner weirdo or no? Yeah, he is. Yeah. You're an adult, Garrett. Yeah. Why are you having milk with your dinner? <laughs> I don't know. It's Strong I like, bones. I like milk. Like, what, what do you okay. want to say? All right. You don't order at a restaurant like no, a cereal no, killer. No, 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 no. That's a, that's a little too far, but. That okay. would be embarrassing. Yeah. Uh, Adam from Langdon, my confession <laughs> is that Christmas dinner is better on Christmas Eve than it would be on Christmas Day. Yeah. Sure. A uh, big family, big Italian family, so we do a big Christmas dinner on Christmas Eve and then do another one on Christmas Day, so I do both. Um, th- there's There's so many good ones here. Okay, Christmas confession. Everyone always jokes about doing it, but we actually did it. We left our Christmas tree up since 2020. <laughs> It's not so bad until somebody comes to the house to do repairs in July <laughs> in Edgemont. Confessions. Confessions. <laughs> oh, that's a lot of, um, hmm, dang, that's, I couldn't do it. I could not look at it the entire year. I would lose my mind. That, that's that, a lot. That, that's tough. You get to really love Christmas. I have a question. Do you also listen to Christmas music all year round? No. Well, if you get the tree up, like my my mom loves Christmas. Sure. She she'll be that watching the Hallmark Channel in July when they have the Christmas in July thing. She'll be watching that. Just the worst. Yeah. The worst films you've seen. Actually, Garrett, you should hang out with my mom in July while she's watching that and you're pounding some eggnog. <laughs> Sip some nog. Yeah. There you go. I think that will be good. I like that. Um, I would one? actually like some eggnog by the fire in like a July night. That might not be bad. Uh, confessions. I enjoy a glass of milk with ice at dinner. Uh, I turned 40 on the weekend. Why grow up, George? <laughs> confessions. Ice in your milk, Garrett? Do you do that? <laughs> no, 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 no. Because <laughs> that would be crazy. <laughs> yeah. Fridge is cold right? enough. Fridge is cold enough. Whoa. Yeah, whoa. Whoa. Uh, which one do you like out of all these? Um, I really like the elf on a shelf one. That was uh, a fun one. Yeah, that that's I like that's, the personal hygiene with brushing your teeth with a little splash of sambuca. Yeah, I that's do like that one. one. I do like um, 
the one about uh, I don't want to see these people all year round. <laughs> Sean, my Christmas confession. I kind of hate my company Christmas party. Yeah. I see these people every day. Why do I have to get dressed and see them some more? Confessions. I like that one too. I like that. Yeah, that's that's a solid one. Christmas parties? Yeah, they're no stampede parties. Wow. Okay. So Mark in Lethbridge. Uh, my wife is a minimalist. She wanted to take down the tree Christmas Day night, but I talked her into Boxing Day takedown. It's almost more of a family tradition than putting it up. Hmm. Wow. <laughs> like already, like Christmas Day yeah. night. Yeah. That's it. Christmas as soon, is over. As soon Pack as it up. Gifts Shut are it done. down. Like, it's usually customary to leave it at least past New Year's, right? Wrapping paper yeah. in the garbage nope. bag. Let's get this thing down. Everybody, come on, clean up, clean up. Everybody, clean up. It works. It happens faster if we all do it together, Georgie. Um, okay, I, uh, Karen, I, I want to do this one, but I don't want to talk about uh, family uh, cheating on each other during, uh, during a Christmas dinner, which is... Seems pretty interesting. Which one do you like? Which one do you want to give the the text line? I want to give it to the elf on the shelf because... Okay, which one was the elf on the shelf? That hits me uh, right in the feels. I hate the elf on the shelf concept. I hate even more all the Instagram moms posting pictures of it to show they're better than you. Okay, you like Carl and Cochran? Carl and Cochran. All right, Carl and Cochran, congratulations. You have won day number 10 of our 12 days of Christmas at Wild Rose Brewery. All right, Garrett, uh, let's let's fire it up. Let's see what Carl and Cochran won. Dinner for two at Take and Bake. Not bad. Dinner for two at Take and Bake. Okay. Congratulations to Carl and Cochran. I'm sure one of many people out there who struggle with Elf on the Shelf and doesn't like how those Instagram moms show them up all the time. All right. Not bad. Not Sweet. bad at all. Um, day 11 is going to be pretty saucy. On Monday, and I can't imagine what day 12 is going to look like from our good friends at Wild Rose Brewery, the 12 days of Christmas. Uh, straight ahead on the show, Derek Wills, radio play-by-play announcer for Sportsnet 960, Tommy Wielden Jr., Cavalry FC head coach and manager, tee up the World Cup final. Real quick, Garrett, another question. Um, we got somebody on the text line. Are you a cereal guy day and night? I I like to have cereal at night too. Sometimes I, I've done both. Yeah, it's I've a done delicious it in the middle snack. of the day too. You're not a put the you're not put the milk in the bowl no, no, first no. guy, are you? Come on, let's not paint me that way. Like <laughs> okay, on. cereal then milk. Yep, normal guy. Okay, All normal right. guy. Normal yeah. guy. I just like milk. Um, somebody used to do work with Elliot Price in in Toronto. He used to be the voice of the Montreal Expos for years on the radio. Wow, milk first. Because th- then you know, then you know how to evenly distribute the cereal around the bowl. It just sounds like it would get messy. Yeah, no, you can't do milk first no. before the cereal. No, it has to be cereal before doesn't the milk. Doesn't make any sense. No, it doesn't make any sense at all. Come on, clean it up. Yeah. So you you're at home having dinner tonight on a Friday night, like you're having maybe I don't know, a nice steak, maybe some pierogies. Uh, I did it yesterday. Maybe some lasagna. <laughs> I did it yesterday. And you have a frosty what, glass of milk? What did like, you have for dinner yesterday with your big glass of milk? Some rice, some chicken breast, some some broccoli on the side, and then oh, wow. icy cold glass of milk. Yeah, okay. former hockey player says. So okay. Mm, How many glasses of milk do you drink a day? Oof. Uh, I think it's north of five. Oh my goodness. What? Yeah, I think it's no four way. or five, yeah. No. I, I would say so, yeah. How many liters of milk do you go through in a week? Uh, there's like a consistent, like three, four liter jugs in my house at all times. Wow. Yeah. Okay. I'm impressed. Hey, thanks. I'm impressed that you drink that much milk. <laughs> Thank I, you. I think it's a little gross. Does your brother drink that much milk? 
I, I are you know, the Gronkowskis? Did you grow up the Gronkowski <laughs> house? Because they were legendary for pounding back the milk. I mean, me and my brother are both pretty big guys. You are but... a big dude. <laughs> His brother's bigger. It's yeah, worked. It's worked. All right, Derek Wills, straight ahead. Don't know if Derek's a milk with dinner guy like our man Garrett is. I know Derek likes to drink wine with his dinner. That's a little more normal, I would say, especially for adults, but not our man Garrett, who wants eggnog throughout the entire year, too. And we'll talk to Tommy Wilden, Jr., Cavalry FC head coach and manager. It's all straight ahead. It's the big show, Russick and Rose, Sports at 960, the fan. Confessions.